Larry Fink coming out and speaking so directly and positively about cryptocurrency. What that tells me is that there is a good deal of positivity uh, for cryptocurrency within the government and also a good deal of readiness and eagerness to adopt cryptocurrency from the world of finance. Hey everybody, Tanner here with Wagme Ventures. On today's episode, we have Max Galka, founder and CEO of Elementus. For anyone who's new, this is the Wagme Ventures podcast, where we do snapshots with interesting founders from across Web3. Check out wagmeventures.io to learn more about the syndicate behind the podcast. But for now, let's get into it with Max at Elementus. Okay, hey everybody, I'm here today with Max Galka, founder and CEO of Elementus. Max, how's it going today? Yeah, great, great. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to chat. I know we've got a ton to talk about, so let's just jump right in. I'm really curious, just your story and a little bit of just kind of introducing yourself to the audience. Like what brought you to founding and building Elementus? Sure. Well, I come from two different backgrounds, the, the world of finance as well as the world of data science. So I started my career in finance and worked there for 10 years as a trader at both Deutsche Bank and Credit Suisse. And prior to founding Elementus, I taught data science at the University of Pennsylvania. And really, it's the data science. That's the stuff that I get excited about, the problem solving. And well, Elementus is very much at the cross-section of those two domains, the, the finance, the data science. In a sense, we take the rigor that comes from traditional finance and we bring it to the world of crypto. Love it. So my one question is I was kind of looking back over sort of the timeline of your experience in finance. I couldn't help but notice you, you know, you were in finance in a big way during the financial crisis. Yeah. My one question was really like, you know, what was that like? How did that shape your professional thinking, but also kind of your personal thinking, maybe your priorities? I can imagine that was a tumultuous time to be kind of in traditional finance. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I go even further. I was trading mortgage back securities during this. So I was right in the thick of things. Yeah, well, I would say that before that, for the well, the time I was trading before the financial crisis, there were sort of rules that the finance world played by that were reliable and that everybody sort of relied on and built upon. And that is just kind of what made the world go around. And everybody just assumed that it would always be like that, that interest rates would hover between X and Y and that you know different people would be incentivized to buy these types of financial products and so on. And then in 2007, it was really kind of started with just one day where things just started breaking. And over the course of the next two years, kind of a lot of these different assumptions that everyone looked into just started kind of breaking. So that would include like the short-term interest rates that, that for a while people were, were banks were able to borrow at the same flat rate, like essentially the Fed funds rate. And suddenly, all of a sudden there was a risk premium uh, built into it. Different kinds of pricing models that made certain assumptions about like how securities should trade just stopped working. And so it was sort of a traumatic period for, for the finance world. And really, I think a good lesson in, well, in, in recognizing that what is normal now may not be normal in the future. And I think that there's, there's really a lot of lessons in there that apply very well to today. I mean, I think you look at banks, and I think some of what we're seeing there is, is quite similar, that banks have relied on certain core assumptions. For example, a lot of what banks hold is commercial real estate, which traditionally really is not that risky, right? Unless you get a situation like COVID and like kind of this remote work environment that we're in, where that you have a huge amount of vacancies within commercial real estate. Now, all of a sudden, the way the commercial real estate works, the riskiness, the profile completely changes, which completely changes the way the banks have to operate. So 
I would say that, uh, yeah, uh, trading during that period has really informed a lot of how I look at the world right now. And I do see, feel like we're in a, a very similar time of change where different aspects of the world kind of are, in a sense, breaking. Yeah, fascinating. Maybe we can circle back to that later. But, you know, I'd love to jump into a little bit about Elementus. So I'm curious, like, how would you describe Elementus in the totality of what's being built? And curious too, like, what was the origin of the concept for Elementus? What problem were you originally trying to solve? Kind of anything around all that? Sure. Well, you know, I mentioned that I come from this, the both backgrounds, the finance, the data science. I started looking at blockchain really just as because I was curious and kind of got more and more uh, interested in it. And what I noticed was that, wow, here you had something that was like a market that's completely transparent where every transaction is written to a ledger. Something like that in the world of traditional finance would just be unthinkable. That I would say that information is the fuel that makes uh, the finance industry work. Yet here with blockchain, all the information was there, but there was really no way of reading it. And in my opinion, that is really being able to make sense of what's in the blockchain. That's really a necessary piece for this technology to gain adoption by traditional companies. You know, coming from the world of data science, like this is kind of right in my wheelhouse of problems that, that I like to solve and, and I know how to solve. And so that's the opportunity that I saw was to take the, the rigor of traditional finance and how people look at risk and understand opportunities and information and bring that to, to blockchain. Love it. Got it. Okay. So you know, use cases for Elementus's products, I think there's a few, right? There's, you know, folks working in risk mitigation might find what you guys have built really helpful and interesting. It seems like there's kind of a use case for some kind of investigations as well. Curious if you could just unpack for us, how are people using what you guys have built? Mm -hmm. Well, so our mission, I mean, just to make it very clear, is, is to make the blockchain more accessible, safer, and valuable for all. That right now, Really, the only companies using blockchain are, are predominantly crypto-native startups. Obviously, if it's going to get adoption, it has to come from, well, from traditional companies. Like, uh, I think everyone's thinking finance for the most part, but I think even just Fortune 500 type companies and the general public as well. So we aim to provide solutions that enable those, well, everyone that's outside of crypto-native space to get comfortable with the technology, to understand it, and to, to begin adopting it. And if we're, if we're speaking in specifics, I would say that the finance world, which is where we're currently focused in TradFi, the big operant word over there is risk. That I've been speaking with people within some of the largest financial institutions in the world since we were founded in 2018. And all along the way, there's been really a huge amount of movement, huge amount of excitement, all sorts of different projects in the works that sort of end up withering on the vine when it comes time to actually pull the trigger. Because... The, these financial institutions just can't get comfortable enough with the risk. So I would say that helping them to understand the risk is one very big piece of, of what we're focused on. The other piece would be identifying opportunities, seeing where uh, different financial institutions or other companies have a way of uh, coming in and, and adding value. And lastly, the third piece that we aim to solve is I would refer to as empowerment or education that a lot of the folks that we work with, and I mean the individuals that we work with within these companies, a big part of what they're doing right now is internal education and helping their colleagues to make sense of and understand the blockchain. So that is a big part of what our technology offers is providing people the insights to, to really begin to understand it. And just as an example of that, 
uh, a question that uh, often comes up is how what percentage of the activity on the Bitcoin blockchain is related to illegal activity, right? Because that seems to be a narrative that Bitcoin is used by criminals. That's a narrative that a lot of our people we work with are trying to counter. And actually, the number is extremely small. It's uh, sub 1%. So it's, yeah, information like that that we provide to help help our customers to educate and inform their colleagues and other people internally. Got it. Super interesting. So, you know, I'm curious, you'd mentioned this word comfort, comfort a couple of times and just this notion of being more comfortable kind of with using blockchains and kind of participating in crypto writ large. Mm -hmm. I'm curious from your perspective, like what does it take? What is sort of that tipping point or, you know, so, some of those moments of leverage or kind of inflection points might be the best point or best way to put it, where mm -hmm. you've seen kind of the lights come on and some of these kind of more traditional incumbents say, oh, I get it. You know, this makes a lot of sense to me. I'm comfortable, right, with the idea. Mm -hmm. I'm curious from your vantage point, like what, what are those conversations sounding like? Hmm. Well, I would say that most of those conversations of, of getting comfortable are about the risk, right? That, well, in traditional finance, the, the precision with, with, with which they look at risk is extremely precise and ex it's extremely sensitive. So uh, things like reputational risk, compliance risk, some of the big investment banks, for instance, have lost tens of millions of dollars for reputational or for uh, compliance violations. Reputational risk is, you know, getting their name all over the news. If Goldman Sachs is associated with something, right, that's absolutely going to be on the front page of Wall Street Journal. So those are some of the risks that they're dealing with and risks that are very real for crypto and that the kind of the whole space is kind of murky and there are a lot of bad actors. So a big part of what they're focused on is making sure that they that if they are going to do something in crypto, that they don't have any associations with something that could lead to them having a negative headline on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. And that's one that they are getting more and more comfortable with. Got um, it. Another one is just some of the risks in crypto are new risks that have never really existed before that no one's ever had to think about, right? For instance, risks of smart contracts being hacked. So it's these type of risks that we're helping them to get familiar with and comfortable with. Got it. Got it. Okay. Super interesting. So I'm curious, how would you compare 2018's market to 2023, really in terms of like, uh, maybe you could just call it the vibe, but also, you know, competition for what you guys are uniquely doing. And how do you think about differentiation as the crypto market and its various verticals have matured over time while you've been here? You know, you've kind of been in, you've been in the game since 2018 and a lot's changed since then. So I'm curious your perspective on differentiation too. Boy, I mean, 2018, that was a different universe. That was uh, the ICO boom. That's what everyone was talking about. Bitcoin huge run up at the end of 2017 and then a huge collapse into the crypto winter. You know, that was a lot of sort of idealism, Bitcoin, Ethereum maximalism, crypto anarchy, a lot of kind of very like utopian type perspectives on crypto. Not a lot of like actual consideration by um, existing traditional reputable companies. So sort of like a very immature state of crypto, in, at least to my perspective. I would say that over that time, there's been a lot of ups and downs and a lot of changes and trends. But I would say the, the underlying theme has been a steady march towards, a, towards maturity, that you've had traditional financial companies that are doing a little bit more and starting to come in. And, you know, and given that we've been speaking with a lot of these folks, talking about a lot of things that may not be publicly known, right? Internally, there's been a lot of progress as far as like buy-in and sophistication of different kinds of ideas. So I would say that that's really been the big uh, trend that I've seen since 2018 has been 
kind of a shift from this new technology that's very idealistic and maybe a bit naive to one that is more practical and applicable to to the world and that really does have some of the green shoots here of like big value and mass adoption. Yeah. And I would say that right now, kind of where we are is, well, you know, just to, to talk about some of the current events, I would say you have the SEC who is going after securities law violations. A lot of people think that the SEC is out to get crypto. I think, I think very differently. I think that what they're going after is just simple securities law violations, plain and simple. You can argue with the law and say it's not right, but I think I haven't seen too many um, compelling arguments that things that the SEC is going after don't violate securities law. So I think it's actually been a healthy thing for the industry. And at the same time, you have seven ETF applications that are sitting sitting with the SEC with approval, you know, potentially quite soon and coming from quite reputable companies. You have BlackRock, ARK, Fidelity, like that's extremely significant. Like once one of those ETFs gets approved, boy, that opens up the way to to a huge adoption of crypto by a large number of players. You take the universe of pension funds that are uh, that is gigantic, the big whales of finance. In my opinion, it's a no brainer for pension funds to to buy up those ETFs just because of the uh, the value it adds to their portfolio. So I think that's in the works right now, and I see that coming, and that's going to be huge. I think also. Larry Fink has come out with a number of statements publicly about Bitcoin, and I think that not enough significance has been placed on those statements, that the things that he's mentioned about Bitcoin, all of which have been extremely positive, that's more than the opinion of one person, right? That's coming from from BlackRock. Anything that's said by Larry Fink is something that has been given a lot of consideration and reflects a lot of intelligence about the, well, the entire finance industry, as well as the government. So I think reading... Kind of reading behind that, I would say that Larry Fink coming out and speaking so directly and positively about cryptocurrency, what that tells me is that there is a good deal of positivity for cryptocurrency within the government and also a good deal of readiness and eagerness to adopt cryptocurrency from the world of finance. Really interesting. Okay. You know, so I'm curious, that's it's a really interesting look at some of your predictions or some of what you're seeing kind of in the market right now. I'm curious for Elementus specifically, like what's got you most excited about your work there, you know, maybe present day, but also maybe over the next year or so, what's most exciting coming down the pike at Elementus? Oh boy. Well, well, you know, I, what I feel very privileged that we get to be uh, a part of this adoption of cryptocurrency, you know, that all of these trends that I'm speaking about, this is what we are, this is what our mission is to enable this kind of adoption so uh, I'd say that since 2018, kind of the, the big question over here has been kind of when is uh, traditional finance, when are uh, non-crypto native companies going to be ready to start wading into uh, blockchain? And I think uh, that moment is now. So that's all really exciting for us. And we're having a lot of really exciting conversations and, and working with a lot of great use cases with you know, really enthusiastic users within these companies. And so that's been amazing. It's also been amazing too is, is AI which not something we've talked about here, but something that, that does form now a core piece of our technology. And you know, just to, coming to understand that technology, being able to work with it on a daily basis is, is also really exciting just for wow, just the, the sheer well, I'd say power of what it's able to do. So yeah, I think the next year or so, you know, I know that a lot of people right now are quite negative on crypto and I think you know, for good reason, but my opinion is quite different. I think we are in, well, the beginnings of the next bull run that I think there's going to be a lot of adoption of cryptocurrency by traditional companies, a lot of announcements coming out about 
some really exciting new initiatives. And I think the next year or so is going to be a really exciting one for crypto. Nice. Fingers crossed. I, I hope that's true. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting. So maybe two last questions for you here, Max. First question, I'm curious your advice for founders building in the crypto space, maybe your most generalizable advice and and maybe a two-part question here. So first question would be, or sorry, first part would just be generalizable advice to founders. And then the second part too, like if you could go back in time and give yourself advice back in 2018 about building Elementus, what would you kind of want to impart to yourself? Sure. So on the first one, I would say be prepared for and embrace change. That, that this ecosystem and this technology moves so fast that it's hard enough building a startup in any case. But here you have a moving target where it seems like every three months, the entire landscape shifts. So I would be reticent to focus narrowly on any ideas based on the state of the ecosystem today. That I think any, any idea should be one that looks a bit forward and has the ability to shift around and be applied in, in new and different ways. On the question of what advice would I give to myself back in 2018? Oh, that's a tough one. You know, I would say this doesn't apply so much to, to blockchain, but more generally, to put more focus on team culture and on recruiting, that those items are never the immediate fire that's right in front of you. And as a founder, it's very easy to, to be preoccupied with the things that are right in front of your face and as at the expense of the, the longer term items. But those are the things that ultimately really matter is the people that, that, you, that you bring into the company and that become the company, as well as being clear on the culture that you want to create and making the effort to promote that. In the end, that, that really, those are the two things that, that dictate the, where the company goes. Love it. That's great advice. Okay, Max, what is your team working on right now? And what is the best way for people to follow along on the journey? Yeah, great. Well, yep, we are working on our new product, which is called Sonar, which is aimed to be this uh, product to enable adoption of cryptocurrency and to boost productivity to a a massive degree for anyone who is working in crypto and especially in TradFi and especially in uh, TradFi companies that are not yet doing anything publicly in crypto. And so if for anyone who's listening who that fits the profile for, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to work with you and uh, you can reach us at, at our website, we have a contact form, or you can contact me directly at my email, max at elementus.io. Perfect. Max, thank you so much for the time. This is awesome. Really interesting to hear what you guys are up to at Elementus. And I'm excited to follow along myself on the journey as uh, hopefully this bear mar- or hopefully this bull market begins to pick up. So thanks yeah. again and have a great start to your week here. Yeah. Thank you very much, Tanner. All right. Bye-bye. Take care.